0: You're listening to Hardscape Growth, a podcast for business leaders in the trenches. From pavers to profits, we're focused on the topics that help hardscape professionals find success and level up. Let's get into the show. A little bit of history about me is I, so I grew up on a farm. My dad was a, a doctor and he never wanted to pay anybody to do anything on our farm. He always said that I have kids. That's what these kids are going to do. So we had tractors. We had everything that we needed to, you know, work the land, landscape rakes. You know, we planted bushes. We cut down trees. We did everything because he didn't want to pay to do it. So he didn't think he had to because he had children, and, and he was right. I mean, there was there was four of us that that did stuff around the farm. But I think that really raised each one of us to be a better businessman in life and and take things serious and and know that things just are not handed to you. He never handed anything to us. He had the means, but he felt we had to work for it. And, and I think that's what really turned me into the businessman that I am today. So in, in high school, we, we had all the equipment, and I, I had seven or eight neighbors that had just moved into some land next to us. And they hired me to, to plant seed for them, put their plantings in, put trees in for them. And I was 16, 17 years old at the time doing all of this, and I enjoyed it. But when I turned eighteen and graduated, I went and worked for the railroad for fifteen years, and made a really good living doing that. But got burned out after fifteen years. It was just it was just too much to to do every day, and and I had a wife, and we didn't have kids, and and it was just there was just too much going on with the railroad side of it. And so I talked to my wife, and I said, you know, I, I think I want to uh, get back into the landscaping. And she had a nephew that was—he was I think he was twenty, twenty-one at the time—and so I talked with with him and James's name, and and we started uh, talking about doing landscaping. And he was looking for something to do. He just gotten out of his first year of college, and he wasn't really liking college at that time. So he's like, "Let's let's let's do this." And I'm like, "All right, I'm going to invest the money, but you know, you're going to have to to take on fifty percent of this if if we're going to make this work." And he did. He he really did well for his age. He's he's a lot more mature than than his age for sure. And so that helped out. But it started to get to a point where things were just progressing very quickly, and and it it started to end up being more of where I was putting all the money into to keep things going and keep things growing. So unfortunately, he had to take a little bit of a backseat, but he, he still, you know, he's our, our, he's my number two man in, in, in command right now. So, I mean, he, he still does great. He's 28 years old now. So he's, he's learned a lot. He, he's there every day, He works five, six days a week, whatever, whatever we need him to. And, you know, he, he just, he knows the business inside and out also, but it, it became more of where it was. It was me and my wife that had all of the liability and, and had all of the risk, you know, after a while. And he, he Finally understood it after it took him about six months to to finally realize I wasn't uh, for sure and, you know he he was a kid at the time too you know he's a he's a young man so it's it's hard for him to understand that you know to him it looked like he was being cut out of the business but he he wasn't he was just being put in a position where later on he would benefit in the business and and I think he's starting to see that now and and you know. I I would do anything for him. I trust him with with the business today. I mean, he he knows just as much as I do about it. I know a little bit more about the money side. He knows a little bit more about the outside. So we we work very well together. Yeah, it's a team for sure. And and my wife, who's his aunt, is involved now. She just, after, I think, 23 years, she was in the IT world. And uh, she just started with us about four months ago. So it, it finally got to the point where we needed more family help that it, it, you just couldn't find enough people from the outside that could really help the way we needed the help. So I think we're more of a family business. We have, we have a lot of husband and wives that work for us, but I needed my wife there and, and so it, it's really helped and she's very supportive and, and it, it makes it a lot easier now just having somebody that you can fall back on that understands the business now that's been around it she's seen it for the last eight years she knows all about it she just wasn't a part of it till till four months ago so
1: so that speaks to the kind of the, the the environment that you've created within that company though the fact that you have so many husbands and wives working together, right. the fact that even the trust that you you build with people, because if James came in as a partner, but then you you after a time you were having all the financial burden, and and he was an equal stakes partner in the in the business, and you had to change that because it, it didn't make financial sense to continue in that way, and although it took him some time to digest that that, that fact. He's still there years later. People have choices in life, so he's choosing to stay, and that's because he enjoys it. And you guys have a good relationship, and then I think that's that's important in growing any business. For sure,
0: for sure, it's it's nice to have family that works with you. And and it wasn't that we were cutting him out by any means. It just got to the point where the liability became us. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was all of our our money invested, and if something happened. You know, and this is five years ago. If something happened and something went wrong, he he could go some, find a job somewhere else. Me and my wife are left, you know, with the, with the note. And yeah. For sure. And, and he finally understands that and and, and knows that. And, and one day this will be his company. I mean, I, I have no doubt in that. And my wife and I have been married 21 years. We don't have children. And we know that uh, he's basically like a child to us i mean he he was he i've known him since he was three years old so you know it, it's it's like having a son and and he, he's great at what he does and he puts in the effort and and you know we we, we appreciate everything he does for sure
1: so today a little unorthodox opening for those uh, those of you who are frequent listeners of the show we started with the conversation i'll do a quick intro so welcome to uh, this week's episode of the Heartscape Girls Show. And today we're talking with uh, Courtney Schild. He's the president of uh, Dutch Barn Landscaping and Pools. They're out of, out of the Midwest. You're in Illinois, right? I t- yeah. Of all the stuff I was looking at on your website, in Illinois, what part of Illinois are you in? We are in New Lenox. That's about 30 miles south of Chicago. Perfect. And my, what a website it is, by the way. like If anyone is looking for a model of what I should have on my website to have success... This is a really good website. Right off the bat, hits you in the face with the 40 years of experience. There's a chat bot down in the corner that helps customers engage with your staff right away, get questions answered. I'm sure that that helps people move along the sales cycle a lot easier, generates leads for you. You have great project portfolios. A lot of times what people will do is post pictures of their projects and and that's it. So it's it's just photos to go through. But you've made it easy for the client to also reference those images in their dealings with your sales staff, with your design team, because every project is identified as a name. And when you click on that name, you have a project profile. You have a description of the project, what went into the project, you have a video showing the construction and kind of an overview. And then you have all the beauty shots underneath. So really complete information. You have great testimonials on there. You talk about how you on staff engineers, uh, sorry, on staff designers and you have an on staff, a certified architect. So like it speaks all the credibility on the website. But today, we're not talking about websites. We're not talking about marketing. We're talking about some of the moves that a company like yours has had to make since the start of the pandemic, particularly to be able to capitalize on the growth in the market, the increased demand that you're seeing, but at the same time, the shortage of materials That is across the board. It's not just on hardscape materials, it's on lumber, it's on even on equipment and tools and lighting materials. You name it, it, there's a challenge. So you took a a very proactive, very forward-thinking approach with how you wanted to address that challenge, and uh, today we wanted to talk about that. So would you mind telling us what your strategy was? Yes, thank
0: you. So we learned a lot last year, and we had a lot of meetings last fall that we, we kind of replayed how the year had gone. I, I don't think anybody back in March of, of 2020 would have known what was, was gonna happen with the pandemic, the start of it, and, and how things were just gonna turn into where every homeowner basically wanted to redo their backyard or add a pool to their backyard. So we were we were very ill prepared for, for what was going to happen because we didn't really see that coming in years past. It's so much easier for us just to order our product per project and and not really have an inventory and if we did have an inventory inventory it was it was just a few things nothing nothing really major more of our plantings is is what we kept in inventory brick we had availability to get it whenever we needed pool supplies was the same thing we could call and and have it within you know twelve hours or the next day. But after we started, you know, reviewing how 2020 had gone, we we came to the realization that we needed to have inventory. We needed to see what the hot-selling paver brick was. What what most of our pools were popular and selling. We knew our pool pads were were something. I think last year we sold uh, about 90 pools, so we knew we knew we were going to need pool pads for for 2021. So myself and uh, the business development employee that we have sat down, had a couple meetings, and, and we really discussed on that we were going to have inventory on our property, more so than just the plantings and the trees that we'd had in years past. We wanted to see if we could order at least 15 to 20 pools ahead of time, and then we wanted to see if, if we could order uh, 10 to 15 paver brick jobs ahead of time and keep an inventory on, on what we know we run out of every year in, in years past. Cause we always know in the summertime things get short. And so we, we had some kind of history on that, but in 2020 it was it was very unique cause it seemed like every product ran out. So we, we really sat down, we made list. I mean, we went over it for two or three weeks and, and really honed in on, on what we thought we needed to order in ahead of time. And we relayed that information to our Taco Block rep and, and our pool suppliers and said this is what we really need uh, and we're willing to order this in January and February can you send it to us in March and uh, we know we're going to have to pay for it we, we know we're going to really have to to put some money out there but we want to be able to continue with a workflow and not have interruptions of, of running low on product and supplies."
1: so there's uh there's some significant implications behind all of that. I want to back up a little bit, though, because there's one key thing that you did that led to that decision, which was doing that breakdown of what happened last year. And we're recording this. It's it's late August. This episode will be out start of September. But we're getting towards the end of the year and I'm curious, you said you had a couple of meetings with your, your business development person to kind of try to forecast what the needs will be for 2021 and anticipate as much as possible what those look like so that you can make that kind of decision. I'm curious, what do those meetings look like? So
0: it's basically myself, uh, the project manager that we have, the business development, our office manager. And our pool superintendent and our outside super landscape superintendent. We we sat down, and I basically asked each one of them, you know, how did 2020 go for you? And it, it 2020 was a very rough year for a lot of us because it was very busy. Uh, a lot of things got thrown our ways. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A- after a couple yeah. of stories, I was like, oh boy, okay, let yeah. we just relive 2020, and didn't want to. But you know, a lot of them started to say we just didn't we we were nervous in the beginning of 2020 to buy any kind of product because we just did not know how the rest of the year was going to go. I mean, we didn't know, we, let's be honest, we didn't know what things were really going to take off till the end of May, beginning of June. I mean, up until that point, everybody was so nervous on, on what the pandemic was doing and nobody wanted to take a chance. And we'd actually had some ideas of, of building an inventory after our meetings in 2019. And, we held off on doing that for 2020 because of what had happened with the pandemic. And we were a lot smaller company at, at that time. You know, we, we might've had 35, 40 employees at that time. So our inventory would, was not going to be as, as, as big as it is now after the business has grown 300%. It, it just, we, we didn't really see the need from 2019 to 2020, but we still wanted to do something. And then once, once we decided to it, I tried to order a product, and it was it was too late at that point. I mean, things just really got out of control and in the summer of 2020, and and that's what everybody kept relaying to me is, well, if we're going to do this, we need to do this early in 2021. We need to make sure that we have numbers in December and January. We give them to our suppliers so it gives them ahead time. Even though all of our suppliers said, hey, 2020 is not going to happen in 2021. We're, we've been working overtime and days and nights and weekends. Well, I, I still don't think anybody realized how, how bad, you know, this things were going to get again in 2021. So a lot of that those conversations were just, we need to take a chance. We need to, a, a lot of people had signed on. We had 80, 85 pools that were signed on for 2021 that basically happened at the end of 2020 and, and the very early 2021. So we knew the work was there. We, we still in the back of my mind, though, I, I was fearing, Mm-hmm. coronavirus was going to come back around again and, and maybe shut something down or, or cause some sort of issue that that we would lose customers mm-hmm. again you you always have that fear in the back of your mind with, with as quickly as we grew we had to keep that in the back of our mind that things could go south just as quickly as they but went what, what you did though is
1: kind of the the breakdown so, like you said you had about 80 90 pools sold and you had sold 90 pools the year before and you said you want to keep Correct. 15 to 20 percent or sorry 15 to 20 of them in stock. so 15 or 20 out of the 90 is about 20, 25 percent. Right. So was that kind of the, the logic? like look we don't really know what's right. going to happen for the full year, but at least for the spring, at least for the first quarter of the year, we know we're going to consume X. so let's make sure we have X on the ground. Was that kind of the, the approach?
0: exactly so what we did is in january the very beginning of january i think it was january 4th we started having our our meetings with uh, our suppliers and, and i told them send me i i know i have these 15 20 jobs sold send me the product for these 15 or 20 and then in march can you send me the product for the next 15 20 that i have sold and then on june 1st i would like to you know get the next 15 20. that was initially our goal that started to change a little bit in February and March when, when our suppliers started to come to us and say, hey, you know, things are moving much faster than, than we had thought. And we're, we're starting to sell a lot more product quicker than what we had thought. Why don't we speed this process up? And that's when we really, I think right now I probably have about 30 30 pools of, of paper brick for projects on our on our site right now because we had to get to the point where we really needed to get further out ahead than than the 15 or 20 because it was just it was just going too fast and and my fear was we were going to run out of of work to do if we ran out of product.
1: Now earlier you said how you've made some some acquisitions of of other businesses, well, other landscaping companies in 2018 and 2019, including the acquisition of, of the nine acres of land. That 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 experience, did that help shape your decision-making here? Because there there is still risk involved in purchasing materials that are not slated to go in the ground for months and months ahead of time.
0: Correct. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a, a risk. I, I was a little hesitant, but everybody else was very much on the – we need to do this. We know the work is going to be there. We don't, were, nobody's going to cancel. Were you, were you hesitant cancel.
1: because it was your money? Uh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, everybody wants to spend your money faster than you do. Uh,
0: but, but I also knew we, we had to, and a lot. you got to understand too, we had just come off from purchasing two companies in, in three well, years. It. So, you know, I mean, it was rebounding from that. And then it was like, okay, every, time I turn around I'm, I'm growing and growing and growing like we have to be careful that we don't grow too fast because that can happen you can grow too fast and you can really hurt yourself financially so
1: what does that look like
0: uh, well that looks like it, it, in a normal year and then not not a busy corona year in a normal year uh, you could lose everything I mean you you could you could have numerous customers just cancel on you because your service is is not what they want because you've grown mm-hmm. too fast and you, you can't provide the service that you wanted to and that they they signed on to get. In a corona year, though, I think a lot of us just, it, it, we're so swamped and, and we have so much work. A lot of us have kind of, I don't want to say we put the quality aside, but we don't have to worry about as, as many customers canceling. A lot, a lot of people are, are more aware of that things are back ordered and backdated and projects are taking longer you know they're seeing it with ordering furniture and and just doing other things to their home of how long it's taking to get so
1: so knowing that it it made you feel a little more comfortable taking that risk because the risk of contracts being canceled was low cuz the market conditions are such that people understand things are slower things take longer things are back ordered you have to wait that's just what That's it is.
0: Absolutely. And and so it, it was a little bit easier to spend the money to get the inventory and get the product in because we knew we were gonna need it. Even if somebody had canceled, there was somebody else that was was waiting for it. I mean, at, at some point in this April or May, we had customers that said if somebody cancels, we'll take their pool and we don't care if we get it this year. We just want to be on that list. So I mean it, it really you know it's a lot easier to to move and, and sell things. In this environment, but we also can't stray away from this. Isn't going to last forever either. So, so in some of our pre-discussions that we've had for 2022, I, I've said that we really need to gauge how these next two or three months go because that's going to lead us into 2022. And and is the is the demand still going to be there? I mean, it, it appears that it is, but that can change. I mean, it, it, things can things can change very quickly and especially in, in this industry as quickly as it came it can go so we we still have to keep an eye on and, and i'm i'm always hesitant i'm not one that it takes a lot of chances and but you have to take some chances if you want to be successful and continue to grow your business and uh we we've done it more in the last year and a half but i am still very you know hesitant to to just go all out and 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 i I listen to what all of my employees have to say. I mean, they're very good at what they do and and they understand where I'm coming from, but we still have to just make sure that we're we're very careful in, in you know, three, four months from now, what what it could be.
1: Now, in that position, and I agree with you, like the, the next two, three months are really going to be very indicative, although currently all signs are next year's gonna be a repeat of this year. So, so some of the, the things that we've talked about so far, those apply to everybody. Look at what you have sold right. and at minimum, look at the first quarter of the year and see if you can secure the materials for that. But in that right. position, where does the money come from? Like you're saying like, okay, I felt comfortable investing that money. Where did it come from?
0: A lot of it it is money that my wife and I have have worked for for years. Not having children has, has benefited us a lot and, and we don't have that we're able to go a little bit further and, and put a little bit more in. We don't have to worry about something happening as much as if you have children. If, if A lot of uh, people I know have two, three kids. They're very hesitant. They can't take the risk that we were able to take to initially start because of, of not having children. I think that allowed us to grow much faster. Now there's a, a lot of people that can do the same things that we did, and just do it in a little slower process and still be successful. It, it, it was a lot of our money. We also you know, had good credit, was able to go to the bank and, and was to able to get a loan for our first purchase of, of the business. It, it took a little bit longer than we wanted and we had to use some of our assets to, to back that, but we we made that happen and and it paid off because it, it allowed us by getting the land and getting the business to, to grow Pretty quickly, and and get our return back on that money. But we still had to be, you know, frugal in, in what we did personally in our in our personal lives, and it, it just made it easier by not having children that we were able to spend more of that money towards the business and mm, keep growing. And so, you know, initially it, it came from us, and then you know we had to have good credit and and had to have our our bills paid and and be in line to get a loan to to get the first business purchase that we did.
1: And what about on the on the building inventory side so if i'm a smaller contractor or or actually not even smaller if i'm just any contractor i'm listening to this uh, episode i'm hearing uh, courtney from dutch barn saying i bring in at least 25 percent of my inventory before the season starts during this pandemic period to make sure that my operations are not hampered by material shortages where does that money come from does it come from deposits at, at, at signing of contracts are you taking a loan to make sure that you have the stuff on the ground are you pulling from from us some other source well where does that money come from
0: so some of it comes from deposits but some of it comes from us putting money back into the business instead of us taking money out of the business for the first six years seven years we've put a lot of the money back into the business to help grow it we, we sacrificed some things that we may want to have done vacations and, and other things purchases that we might have wanted to make and we put that money that we were getting from the business back into the business to help grow it and, and to help keep keep it going because we knew there was so much potential and, and, and there's so many good things that come could come out of it we 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 just wanted to make that sacrifice for ourselves and knowing in the future it will pay off. But, but a good chunk of, of what we buy for inventory right now is our own money that we, we front out there. I, I still like to keep that, that deposit money in, in a separate account just in case something were to happen. And we had a rash of customers that wanted their money back, that we, we need to have that money accessible for them to get refunded.
1: That's a fair point. So in your experience, based on the time that that we're, people will be listening to this again, the start of September, is it is it early enough before winter hits or is it too late in the year to be able to start... Maybe setting some, some funds aside to be able to, and maybe it's not a quarter of your work for the season, but at least the first three, four jobs, since that cash flow, at the, as soon as the, the, the spring hits, that cash flow is so critical, you need to be able to put product in the ground. You need to deliver on projects. Would that be a sound recommendation? If so, how do you go about doing that analysis?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely just seeing the way things have continued and seeing the number of jobs that we already have sold for next year. And and with us, we're a little bit different and a little bit unique in the fact that we do everything and we sell pools. Being that there's such a demand for pools right now, that really gives us a leg up on our customers where they may just be doing patios or structures or just landscaping. So it, it, it's it's a little bit easier for us to make that that decision of okay, we know we're already sold through till next summer, solid. So we we are going to have to order product for early next year. But somebody that may just do patios has to be a little you know cautious in the fact that they they may want to order it ahead of time. And I, I guess that's a, that's another good thing you brought bring up is they need to work with their suppliers and see is there any way the supplier can bring in the product for them. They don't have to pay for it yet, and then you know, a week, two weeks before they're ready to start the job, can they can they can they get that product for that job?
1: I think that's extremely important. That relationship with the supplier is critical. Right. You know, you you have to look at them as a partner in your success. If you try to figure it all out on your own, you're only one piece of the of the puzzle. So your supplier is a big piece of that.
0: Absolutely. You have to have a good relationship with them. You have to make sure your bills are paid with them so they can trust you. You have to trust them and that they're going to get the product in for you and that they're going to take care of you uh, when you need it. And, and especially in times like now. I mean, some of the smaller guys, they, they really have a hard time getting brick when you have so many big companies that just can buy it up so quickly. It, it really hurts them. So they need to plan even better than we do to make mm-hmm. sure that they're able to get that product and, and, and have a good relation. And, a, and, a, and that's a good thing in, in our area is, is a lot of our contractors have good relationships with our suppliers, and our suppliers are very fair and, and treat them just as well as they do us, and, and that that's pretty important. That's and It's good. good to see that they're able to you know get a lot of product that, that they can get their hands on mm-hmm. when they need it.
1: For sure. Cool. What are some of the other considerations with regards to to building uh, your own inventory? Because, you know, you bought the nine acres. That obviously helps. Storage space Absolutely. is important. But what about sure. handling materials? What about, you know, obviously you're getting less external deliveries, I would assume your your suppliers right. are bringing it straight to your yard and then from your yard it's getting to the job site from a logistical standpoint what does that look like and from a staffing standpoint does that have an impact
0: yeah definitely so we've had to hire two yard employees and we, we actually have a site, a satellite location we were not able to to handle everything at our current location because with us having the trees the, the plantings the paver brick, we stock rock on our property. We, we just didn't have the, the room to handle all of our pool material also. So we have a satellite location, which is another 20 acres that we have that has a 30,000 square foot barn on it that handles all of our uh, pool equipment and pool supplies. So it's a satellite location, it's only about two and a half miles from where we're at, but that means we had to hire another employee just to be at that satellite location and you know he he updates our sortly program he he's pretty good in that he takes care of both of our locations with our inventory and he's constantly on the phone ordering and, and checking what we have for material i'm pretty good with i i keep a good eye on on what we have for material too our yard guys are really good at, at if something we start to run low on they'll bring it to our attention and and you know there's so many moving parts we, we've got probably five people that are that are involved in the inventory daily. And we do have a lot of discussions in the morning. First thing on, do we have everything we need and we don't always, I mean, there's, there's sometimes trees and plants that we need to, to, to bring in, or, or we have to go pick up from our suppliers cause we just go through it so quickly, especially this year, it's just been hard to get. So it, you know, and, and then we have to have more machinery at, at each location because each location takes deliveries. To handle everything that's coming in, and and that is probably a little bit harder, and in, in a decision that we had to make is taking on that extra work instead of having stuff direct uh, shipped to to the location of the project that we're doing instead we have it sent to us. So we're handling it twice, but it's 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 a lot more convenient for us to have that product than than not and and have to pass that project up or. Or get to it later because we didn't have the material because we didn't plan ahead of time
1: so your operation has grown to such a size that needs to keep moving forward therefore you're willing to make some some concessions in terms of the cost of handling things or cost of stocking things to keep the ship advancing and i'm sure that that just based on the rest of the conversation i'm sure that you factor that into your pricing structure and your overhead recovery anyway so it's not like you're taking a beating on your profitability as a, co- a compromise. That's not the case, right?
0: Right. No, not, not at all. And, and that's, that's all figured in. Having the extra employees, it, it's definitely uh, tough in the winter months because you know, we, we keep everybody year round. But they, there's many things that we can, we can find for them to do in the slower times, which is January and February. And we work year round, so we really don't have a, a huge slowdown. But we do get a little bit slower just because of the weather, you know, and, and getting colder. It, it does affect some things and, and pushes us back a little bit and slows things down a little bit. So we just really have to keep keep moving forward with the guys and always find something to do. There's equipment that could be worked on. That's very fortunate for us as our guys are very universal in the things that they can do, and, and that really helps out to, to keep them around for the year and, and make sure we don't uh, miss a step and, and you know, get behind in in projects more than, than, you know, the weather would allow.
1: Were you always like from the beginning trying to, to keep your staff on board like year round?
0: No, it wasn't until we really started doing the pools three years ago that we, that we really pushed it. It's just, the weather has changed in our area to where it's not as, as cold as it used to be. And it gives us a chance to really work year round we we've, done snow for the last few years but it it just really <laughs> it's 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 not what it used to be you know it's 15 20 years ago it snowed quite a bit now you know you get a little bit of snow here and there and and it's just not as cold as it used to be either the ground doesn't freeze like it used to and and so we're we're able to yeah, your
1: billable hours have increased on the construction side. yes
0: yep so that, that gives us a chance. And, and the homeowners appreciate it too because, you know, they, they want to ensure that they have it for the spring or, or early summer. So they're okay with their project going in, in the wintertime as, as long as they know they can have it for the summer. And so we really don't see an issue there with customers. They're, they really, you know, would prefer to do that. And and uh, our guys enjoy working and, uh, throughout the year and they don't have to be laid off. and
1: I must help tremendously with retention
0: absolutely i mean it 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 definitely you know keeps our workforce numbers up and and especially this year where we've seen so many of our competitors are are you know reaching out trying to hire and and we've we've been able to maintain a good number throughout the whole year and we we really you know we're we're happy with where the numbers we have right now and and with the amount of work we're we're getting done
1: and i think it's you know there there's no magic pill right so When you look at at the the success you're enjoying and some of the benefits that you have managed to to uncover and and they end up becoming competitive advantages, like having stock, like having a reliable team that's there year-round, these are things that don't happen overnight. These are things that happen because you're doing the right things on a consistent basis over a long period of time. You've been making the sacrifices over the entire duration of the business to make sure that you always have enough cash flow that you can invest back into it. You've been looking for opportunities to make acquisitions to make your team and your company and your overall positioning stronger. You've been looking at how do you get the right people to be able to contribute where they can and you listen to them and you give them opportunities to provide feedback and provide guidance so that you're making the right decisions. These are all the things that go into running a successful business. You don't start there though. You can start with all those ambitions, but that's not where you start.
0: Right. No, I, I just think you, you touched on the right point. Like, it, it takes a lot of work to get started, and you have to be 110% committed. You just, things are not going to fall in your lap, and, and things aren't going to be handed to you. You really have to be willing to work, and especially in the landscaping business. You, your summers and your, your springs and your fall, they're going to be 12-, 13-hour days, six days a week i mean there's there's no way around that it's it's the it's the weather that we have you know we have to get as much done as we can in those times for us we still have the winters that we can get some but the productivity just drops a little bit it's not the same as when it gets colder is is when you when you have the summertime and you have the warmth you get a lot more work out of the guys and and things dry out faster if it rains we, we know it can be dry in three or four hours. When it rains in the wintertime, it could be wet for, for a week or two or three. I mean, it, you could really get pushed back that way. So you really have to put forth the effort if you if you want to be successful and, and put in the hours. I mean, nothing, there is no uh, nine to five in the landscaping business. It it does not exist. And and you, you're going to have to work 12, 13-hour days, six days a week, and it, it'll pay off.
1: But I think, I think that's why it's so important, though, to have that vision for where you want to go, have those goals for what you want to achieve, because that that can be this, the recurring source of motivation, the progress that you're making. But if you don't know where you're going and you don't know why you're going there, it's easy to become really disenchanted with the whole thing and just be like, "What the heck am I doing all this for? I'm working eighty hours a week and for what?"
0: You can definitely get overwhelmed. You have to trust people to help you out and, and work with you. I mean, there, there's you, you can't do it alone, and that's what I told my wife from the beginning, and, and that's why I, I got my her nephew to to come aboard with me because I, I knew this was this wasn't going to happen just me. Like you, you need people to help, and and you have to trust others are, are going to to work well with you and, and give it 110 percent too, and. And the only way you're going to be successful and grow the business is to employ others to, to help get you there. Because everybody brings a certain something to the table and, and knows a little something different that you may not and, and mm-hmm. is willing to put something forward that, that you may not at that time and, and can help you push you to the to the next level. And you just really yeah. have to, to trust in others and, and and retain those people. I mean, you, you, you don't want to put the effort in and training them and getting them to where they can help you so much you have to be able to retain them too if if you're just going to be, you know, an open door where a revolving door and people just keep coming and going you're never going to get anywhere.
1: Mhm. I'm I'm really curious from that perspective though, the 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 point of of hiring people and trusting people to to get the job done and to trust their opinions and stuff. I've talked to a lot of contractors well, through the show and just over my career too. Like I've been, I grew up in this business too. Yeah. And it seems to be a really, really, really recurring thing where people just can't let go of so many parts of the business and and that ability to to hand it off to someone, to hire someone. Like I, I won't name any names, but like there's one guy I'm talking to, like his company is primed to just double in size tomorrow morning if he would just hand off some parts that he's doing that he's not the only person in the world that can do there's other things that only he can do for his company but he's splitting his time between the stuff only he can do and the stuff that he likes to do but someone else right. could do where did you find that i guess how did you learn that lesson or where did you find that 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 discipline to do that or however you want to describe it like well, when when did that happen for you so
0: i think with me where i i really I I didn't want to hire people within the industry as a management aspect. I wanted to be able to bring in people that I knew had some kind of background history, maybe in the landscaping area, might have been a customer or something previously. But I wanted to bring them in and train them for what we knew and and make them one of our our better employees. I just felt, and, and I think I got it from working from the railroad, we didn't want to bring in People that might have already known something but might have had a bad habit. And if you're a good employee and you're a good person, you're probably going to be with the company for a very long time. You're not going to be moving around and jumping from job to job. So I always got very leery of that and saw it within the railroad. If somebody came to us, there was a reason because you didn't just move around in the railroad. When you were a good employee, you didn't have to move around. So I, I picked that up early on, and, and I said that you know I would rather put the effort in and train people for the way we do things than try to find people from other companies that may not have the habits that I want. So I, I think we, we've done that with, with almost all of our employees. It's cost me more money, definitely, in training and, and getting the employees to, to do what we want but and, and do it our way but i think we're really seeing the benefits of that now and you know we 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 have a very good trust in, in relationship with with each one of them and you know and having a personal relationship too really helps that you know you you can just trust them a little bit more
1: for sure you ever read the book uh rich dad poor dad no no uh, but I will now it's pretty good there's an audiobook version too if uh, if you want if you want to go that route but uh, there's one quote in it that is towards the end I think it's in the final chapter uh, I even posted on my instagram story a, a few weekends ago because I was rereading it and it was uh, it was basically saying I'm paraphrasing now I'm not quoting it but like don't ask don't tell yourself or don't say I can't afford that instead ask yourself. What do I need to do to afford that? Again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's, that's kind of the gist of it. And it's basically the, the, the thought that if you say, well, we can't do that, then the brain stops thinking about how can we solve this problem. It's like, it's not solvable. You give up. And just saying those words, your, your whole mindset says, like, forget it, we're not doing this. But if instead, if you're asking, how can we do this? Then all of a sudden, you start thinking of the many solutions that could exist. And it's kind of that that scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. I mean, you could you can call it however you want. But like what you're saying, you went outside the industry to go hire people based on other merits. You recognize that that was going to cost you more in salaries. It was also going to cost you probably more in training because they have to learn the industry. And this is not an easy industry to learn. It's very complex. There are many, many parts of people who who do two years the three years they still don't know a lot of very essential stuff. So it takes time. You had the 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 wherewithal to say we need to buy land, we need to buy this, we need to buy all that stuff takes money. But you you ask your like I think like you're a perfect example of that quote where you're asking yourself like how can we afford that? And if that means making some personal sacrifices, if that means raising your prices. If that means figuring out how to be more efficient here to increase profitability. These are all the things that you're looking at as a business owner all the time. And I think this is also a perfect example of what it means to be working on the business and not be working in the business. Like every question I'm asking, you're giving me a very logical answer for it. It's because it's thought out because you're not doing things by instinct. You're stopping, you're looking what do we need to do here? How can we get from A to B? Okay, this is the best route. Let's take it.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely for me, having a support staff that I have is, is huge because that gives me the ability to work with each one of them. I trust each one of them, and I, and I have to, or, or we would never be successful. It can't be all my own ideas. It needs to be their ideas too. But it's getting back to the to the point of finding people. In this industry, good people aren't looking for jobs they're, they're, they're locked down in a place for, it may be 25, 30 years, 35 years till they retire. So you have to think outside of the box. And in this work environment that we currently have right now, you have to be willing to train people and bring people in that may not be familiar with the business and, and make them, successful and and help you be successful in the the process. I mean, you you just have to train. And and with having the the support staff that we have, it gives me the ability to work with each one of them daily in the office. I get to go out on the job sites for an hour or two a day. But for the most part, I'm inside the office working with the guys and and just making sure that uh, they're doing everything that needs to be done. and, And if they need help with anything, I'm there to help. And and that's the only way we're going to continue to grow, too, is, is we have to trust each other and, and, and continue to bring people in and train them.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, that's why we created Hardscaper.com, to provide free Hardscape training to people coming into the industry to help overcome that hurdle. Because like you said, the, the good people are already in the industry and they're, they're locked up with the company they're at if they're happy. And if they're not happy, well, they're not falling from the sky or lining up around the corner for you. So you need to go right. find other people and you need to build them up and build them up your way. So I, I mentioned those online courses, which are free at, at hardscaper.com. But what else do you do to, to train those people? Because you have over 100 employees, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, we have just at 100 right now. So for the inside people, we do uh, weekly training classes and, in, and then in our, our slow time, which really, is, is the fall and the winter. We'll do training classes for, for all the employees in the inside. For the outside employees, we'll work with our contractors, suppliers, and try to, to bring them in to, to give some classes and, and show the guys new products that might be coming out or, or you know, anything that our suppliers can do to help us, you know, to keep the employees up to date on, on new, new products and new ways to install things and and, and the proper way to install something that you know that's that's all we can really do in the summertime and in the wintertime when we do have that slower time we're able to do more class training and just communicate with all the employees i mean we're fortunate that a lot of our guys have been doing this for 30 40 years i think we have one employee that's that's been around for 47 years he's he's been in the landscape business so i mean that that really helps us out and, and i also know by having those experienced employees sooner or later they're going to start to retire off and and then we have to be able to train the younger staff coming up to keep that to keep that door moving and and make sure that we don't you know fall back to to where we're not that premier landscape company anymore and and we don't provide a service that our employees pay you know a a very good penny for so we just it's it's just training and, and you have to It's hard uh, as a business owner because you think to yourself, oh, man, this is going to cost me money to have these people in training, and and I just can't afford to have them uh, out for a day or or not being able to do something that's going to make me money. But they're going to make you more money if you train them properly and if, and if you give them the tools they they will be more successful in the long run and you'll be more successful as a, as a business owner
1: can you give me a tangible example of that because that's that's super cliche and we like we everyone says it all the time Like, well if we invest now it'll pay off later you have an example of 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 training a particular person or training a team and the impact that it has had long term that makes you go like this is exactly why we stop and we train. We don't just keep running.
0: So our our salespeople, all our, our landscape designers, Alan Beamsterbore. He's he's been in the business for for forty six years now, and there's no training that needs to be done with that. Alan Alan knows everything that that needs to be known in the business. But all of our designers since him, I have I have handpicked, brought in. Of, of people i've known and i've spent six seven months of five six days a week going to job sites with them and i was actually selling the the i was actually doing the selling and, and the designing they were just kind of overseeing and and were being there with me for the first six months i mean it it took me i lost time being at home or because we would go at nighttime you know more early mornings but in the in, now that these employees have have been with me for two three years they know everything that I want them to know I mean they're they're selling the way that I train them I put in the time and the effort at the beginning but now they're the the things that they're doing and and the knowledge that they have I mean it's it's awesome we're still giving them training classes when we can when they're available with corona it's been a lot tougher you know things are there's no in-person classes. There's supposed to be this coming year, which will be great again. That'll, that'll really benefit us.
1: But I mean, it, we're working on it. We're, we're coming back with events. But I, oh,
0: yeah, it's, definitely. And, 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 but what I had to do is I had to give the commitment that I was going to have to pay people six or seven, eight months and them really not know anything. And just train them to know what I knew and, and to have them sell it the way I wanted it sold and and now an
1: investment
0: yeah and i invested in them and and they they turned it around and and repaid me tremendously and and that that they've taken it all in and they and they just give it their all now i mean they're appreciative of it they knew i was hiring them coming into the business not knowing though what the landscape design was but you know we put them in uh classes and and we did classes within our work staff and we took them to job sites and i mean i spent so many hours with each one of them to just tell them you know show them uh, this is what we do this is how we do it this is how we install this and you know for us it's it's really difficult cuz we have so many different things we do structures we do pools we do patios we do kitchens we do fire pits and you know there's there's fences and so they have to know everything they got to know where a gas line has to go they need to know where electric needs to run and and they need to know as a salesperson what they need to charge if, if we're going to be profitable so there were so many things i had to show them and and it, it took me as an owner just spending that time with them and i knew it would pay off and it, and it has so that, that's that's a big way that that we've been able to to really be successful
1: so in one episode here we've addressed the two biggest challenges plaguing the industry right now availability of product and availability of people and you've taken a proactive approach to addressing both of them by looking at what the business seeks to achieve how will you get there what needs to be done to be able to get there and having the faith in your people in your abilities in your company to make those investments and not lose any sleep at night, or maybe not lose too much sleep at night, right. but be able to, to, to know that, like, we did the math, we looked at everything, it's okay, we can afford to hire this many new people, we can afford to invest this much time and energy into training them, because if they do pan out the way we feel that they will, it will yield this result, and that's where we're trying to go. And then it's the same thing with the inventory. And even for for everybody listening, like you don't need to be at this size of a company to have 20 acres satellite location to store this stuff, plus another nine acres to store that stuff. There are things that, that, that we consume as hardscapers literally every day. Things like polymeric sand, things like geotextile fabric, plastic edging, spikes. If you're using synthetic bases like gator base, adhesives, like these are things that you use every single day. Why would you risk stalling something? because you don't have that available either at your shop or even a small quantity in your trailer. Like the, there's, there's baby steps you can take along the way to getting to a position that you're in today. And even where you are now compared to where you might want to be, you're, you're, you're still, you're just, you're at a midway point. Like you're continuing. This isn't the end. You're still looking at right. how to continue to improve.
0: Yeah. We're, I mean, we're still looking at other locations and other States to move to and, you know we're we're not done from where we've come from i mean we, we want to continue to grow and and we know by the people that we're hiring that we can trust in them and, and you have to as a business owner you have to spend money to make money there's just no other way to do it and and if and if you're going to get engrossed in your projects as a, as a small landscape business owner you're not really going to be successful in that you have to plan for the future and you have to plan for the next project You really have to be thinking ahead. and You've got to be able to hire people that you can trust that are going to help you grow. Like you just cannot do it. You you said there was a business owner that you knew that he was fixated on a couple different things
1: and he wasn't. I'm staring at his business. I I talked to him all the time. Like, dude, what's the number right now? It's easily double if you would just let go. No one can do it as well as I can. Maybe, maybe, but. Can someone do like 80%, 90% of what you're doing? And what would that do? You still have to be
0: able to oversee, but you have to still trust that people are going to make the right decisions and, and you have to put the time in to train them. You just, you just can't hire people and expect them to come in and, and they know the industry completely. It doesn't exist in this workforce right now. There's, it just, it's not out there. There's All good employees right now are employed. <laughs> By, by a good company yeah. and, and they're not, they're not just knocking on your door. So you really have to be creative and, and think how you can continue to grow the business, get a good work staff in there, keep your work staff happy. You, you have to have good equipment. You have to do PMs on your equipment. You, there's so many things that go in, into making sure that you're going to be successful, but you have to spend the money to make money too. And, and you just, you, you got to be smart about doing it. But you also have to be willing to trust others to help you in some of those decisions.
1: That's awesome. Awesome advice. Courtney, if, if other contractors listening here wanted to pick your brain or facing some similar situations that you may have faced over your career, wanted to ask you for some advice, where would be the, the best way to read?
0: They can they can email me. It's
1: Courtney at DutchBaron.com.
0: Courtney at DutchbarnLandscaping dot com or it's info at landscaping dot com. They can they can email me at two of those, at one of those two sites, and and I'd be willing to to give them any advice they they ask, anything they want to know. I don't know it all. Trust me. i I've, I've been in the business eight years. I was in the railroad business for fifteen years. I I've seen a lot of things but I'm I'm very open minded in in talking to people and and listening to what have, others have to say. I don't know it all. There's there's no way that I do and and I don't claim to. I mean you you have to be willing to listen to other people and you know I appreciate what what you know you, the things you've had to say today and and you know just it it's I am willing to help anybody that well, needs thank
1: it. Thank you. I mean that that's really what we're trying to do with this show. is just there's so many smart people in this industry with so much experience and, and different experiences and different perspectives that if we, just, if we can talk to enough of them and listen to enough episodes, we're going to have all the answers by the end of this thing. I don't know when we'll be done, but we're not, we're not done yet, that's for sure. But there's, there's, lots, there's lots of room to grow and we can do it together.
0: And in this industry, there's work for all of us. You know, I mean, that's what we have to keep in mind is you can't, you can't be bitter on, on another another contractor or, or think you're afraid to say something to another contractor that might, that might make them better than you. We're, there's so much work out there, there. We just have to all work together and, and, uh, you know, just try to provide the best experience for a homeowner that we can and, and know that we can't cutthroat each other and, and, and knock each other down because it, it just doesn't get anybody anywhere
1: and doing things right results in more business for all of us right and, exactly and and as someone who grew up in the business like I have been exposed to the industry since I was eight years old through my dad and seeing the evolution and seeing how much I want to say better I don't want to be insulting or offensive to like contractors from 20 30 years ago that's not what I'm saying but like there's just so much more focus on the experience for the client and bringing value to them and not just pounding out pavement after pavement after pavement. And that shift has just been amplified by what we've seen in the past year and a half, two years. And we're we're just starting to see now what the industry really can be. People are buying homes, watching the home values continue to climb, interest rates are low, demand is through the roof, and people are willing to wait six, nine, 12 months and people are willing to pay $50,000, $100,000 to have something that only you can provide. So take the time to build the business properly. Take the time to build the team that you need. Take the time to look at what you need to do to get to what your ultimate goal is for the business. Because you can. And we're very fortunate. So let's continue to have these conversations and let's do it together.
0: Yeah definitely you know I, I look forward to hearing from some people and and talking to them about you know what what part of their business uh, they may need help with or or what their struggle may be or or what their positives are on their business and what their spins on us our conversation that that we just had is you know i mean it it's 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 a it's an awesome industry to be involved in it's it there's nothing like 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 turning and transforming somebody's backyard into a paradise for them you know and, and that's what i enjoy about it every day is just being able to look back at something that was just dirt and, then, and now it's a it's a pool and it's a pavilion and and there's a, a nice patio in the backyard and they're able to enjoy it with their family and friends and and that's that's what i really that's enjoy it. about that's the business it. it's
1: that's what it's all about and then everything else is gravy so that's yep. it Absolutely. Uh, Courtney thank you very much for, for joining us on the show today Dutch Barn Landscaping just south of Chicago one of our Teco Pros as well so thank you for being in that program and representing us well with all the amazing work that you're doing once again the email address just if people didn't get it was Courtney at DutchBarnLandscaping.com was that it?
0: Perfect that is correct yep and then info at okay. DutchBarnLandscaping.com and,
1: uh, I think that's uh, that's it for this week guys so thanks a lot for uh, joining us and uh, we'll see you next week on the HeartScape Growth Show. This episode is brought to you by Hardscaper.com. The Hardscaper mission is to empower industry professionals with the skills, inspiration, and confidence they need to take their businesses to new heights. Struggling with training programs for your team? Looking for helpful tips to build a better company? Subscribe today to gain access to hours of interactive, on demand Hardscape construction and business courses for free. Plus, members gain access to virtual educational events special offers and fantastic prizes from our partners visit hardscaper.com today and let us help you pave your way to greater success
0: you've been listening to hardscape growth a podcast for business leaders in the trenches to ensure you never miss an episode please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player if you use apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves until next time work hard and pave harder